0: Welcome back to that football stats podcast plenty to get through on this one Um, and we'll start with some news some managerial changes stoke sacked alex neil didn't they and they are very very close to appointing steven schumacher from plymouth what a job he has done at plymouth i've seen a lot of uh, sad plymouth fans on twitter understanding plymouth fans but no doubt they are sad this is the best manager that most of them have seen in their lifetimes bar none. And we can see a tweet here from Andrew Broom, who says, Dear Stoke City, if you would kindly hurry up and confirm Schumacher's appointment from Plymouth, then we can kindly take Messino from Portsmouth. That would be great. Now that is obviously the domino effect there. Messino doing a fantastic job. One defeat all season for Portsmouth so far in League One. And he ends the tweet by saying camera regards, Bolton, Peterborough, Oxford, Derby, Barnsley, Stevenage and Blackpool fans because they will certainly be glad to see the back of Messino at Portsmouth. He has done a wonderful job oxford also doing really well playing some nice football and it's a general trend isn't it you know someone like alex Neil, not known for his football or not known for his elegant football shall we say forward thinking football attacking football in comparison to these up-and-coming managers Messinio and schumacher and it's good to see that the efl and even the national league is is a bit of a breeding ground for for coaches to go and 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 try New systems out, look at Gateshead, look at Notts County. Next up then, we'll take a look at the Champions League draw, which was made yesterday. And we'll go through the teams, we'll give some initial thoughts on this. Now the first tie, Copenhagen-Man City, if you look on paper, you'd say that Man City have done it again. They've uh, iced the balls and they've got an easy first round fixture. But if you look at what Copenhagen have been doing... That first game away is not going to be easy for Manchester City. Those fans this season, it has been some atmosphere there and obviously they've got the results to back it up. There is a real belief in that team. I'll go through all these fixtures quickly and then I'll give some predictions at the end. So we've got Leipzig, Real Madrid. That should be a good game. PSG, Sociedad. Sociedad doing very well to get through, but you would expect PSG to to get past that hurdle. Lazio, Bayern Munich. That's a nice tie for Bayern Munich. Lazio, in my mind, the weakest of the three Italian teams still left in this. Very well played to the Italian teams. AC Milan dropping into the Europa League. Just two English teams made it through the group stages of this year's Champions League. PSV Dortmund, Inter Milan, Atletico Madrid. That's the tie there where the, the bigger teams are very pleased by it because it means one of those teams is obviously going to go out, Inter Milan and Atletico Madrid, and nobody really wants to draw them, especially if you're a big team, because it is a bit of a tricky game, that away at Inter or away at Atletico Madrid. Porto-Arsenal. Arsenal going back to Portugal. It was uh, sporting that knocked them out of the Europa League, wasn't it, last year? Um, you would expect them to, to get the job done there, although Porto are scoring goals for fun this year. Um, so I wouldn't put it past Porto scoring, Arsenal having maybe to, to get the job done in the second leg. Napoli-Barcelona is the pick of the bunch, to be honest, in terms of uh, the names, the history and just... The potential matchup. So I'll give a prediction for this one and then we'll go in reverse order and um, give a prediction of who will go through out of all of these teams. And then I'll just give a general prediction as well for who I think will win the Champions League this season. So Barcelona, not in the best of place at the minute, but it was only a month or two ago that the praise was so, so heavy for for Xavi and and Barcelona and what he was doing there. So they are a young team. They are a team that's being built at the moment. Um, So that means they can come in and out of form. It only takes maybe an injury or two for them to, to get slightly derailed. But there's no doubt they've got the quality and the same goes for Napoli. This will be a tough one to call and it could come down to Napoli getting a goal or two in that first leg. It is at home for them, so it's important. I'm going to go with Napoli to progress here. Porto, Arsenal, I think Arsenal will progress. Um, I think we have this bias, me certainly, um, about Arsenal. I can feel when I'm trying to make a prediction, but it's based on the last few years. It's based on what they were this season. They seem to have turned a corner in terms of The way they just go and get jobs done. I mean, against Brighton, Brighton have scored against every other team in the Premier League. And if you look at the XG, the XG against, Arsenal are statistically, I think, the best team uh, this season. They are the toughest team, I think, to play against, that's for sure. Defensively, they are so, so solid. And whilst Porto are scoring for fun, they're not necessarily playing Arsenal every week. So Arsenal, to progress there. And to give a very good go of this competition, by the way, I'm sure it'll be um, right up there for, for Arteta in terms of his goals this year. Inter Milan Atletico. I think I, I tweeted about this one when it got drawn. Just said under 2.5 goals. That's all I said. Two teams that, that love to defend Atletico Madrid away first. So you can see them going there and trying to get a draw. Um, I, I expect that to be nil nil the first leg, and then you know whoever might go through in the in the second leg. I'm going to go with Atletico Madrid to progress. Over two legs. They've got that Champions League pedigree. You know, that said, Inter Milan, of course, last year, finalists. I think there's been a slight drop-off in Inter Milan. And Griezmann, at the moment, could be the the difference in that game. PSV Dortmund, if you're not aware of these two leagues or you're not up-to-date with them, you might just navigate naturally to Dortmund here. But PSV, their form in Eredivisie should not be overlooked. Of course, teams can run away with that league. It's been Ajax in the past. Feyenoord have had their time as well. But PSV, at the moment... They are absolutely incredible. 16 wins out of 16, 56 goals scored, and just six conceded. That is even in the Eredivisie, where teams can run away with leagues and and dominate for for you know a couple of years here and there. Even in a, a place like that, that is special. Um, that is very very good. So I just think it shouldn't be discounted when it comes to the Champions League and uh, and Dortmund especially, who as I record this are fifth. In the Bundesliga, one win in the last five games, 26 points. In comparison, Leverkusen have 39 at the top. Unbeaten Leverkusen, seven wins out of 15 for Dortmund. So yeah, now these fixtures are in February, which is interesting because whilst we're looking at the form and and the tables right now, PSV could drop off, Dortmund could go on a run. You never know, but just in terms of what the team's trajectories are at this moment in time, um, I'm actually going to go with a PSV Progression here, um, back in the slight underdog, if you will. Then we have Bayern Munich away at Lazio in the first leg. Um, I think Bayern Munich will just, yeah, maybe score five, six goals on aggregate in this fixture and uh, quite easily progress. Harry Kane's going to be right up for that Champions League, isn't he, after the defeat. With Spurs in the final, he'll be uh, buzzing for another chance to potentially get his hands on the trophy this season. PSG, Real Sociedad, you would expect PSG to go through. I think Sociedad have got the, the potential ingredients to make it tricky for PSG and PSG, of course, have got that pedigree of Bottling it in the Champions League when it comes to key moments. I do think they'll have enough here. And again, playing at home first for PSG, they're going to look to just get the game won in that first leg. Real Madrid-Leipzig, I don't think that's a difficult one. I think Real Madrid are just exceptional. Bellingham is, is having the season of his life and they are obviously for many people one of the favourites for the competition given the coach um, more than anything I think Ancelotti and the Champions League he just knows how to get to those latter stages Um, so they will be there or thereabouts this season and then we end with the holders Manchester City away at Copenhagen that first leg is very very important for Guardiola they just need to make sure they don't lose I think Um, and because we've seen this year at the Etihad as well they're not solid you know the 2-2 against Palace two very late goals they're not assuring you as the viewer when you watch them you don't feel assured and yes that is certainly the case when Rodri's out as it has been a few times this season they cannot lose him again um, at any stage this season he needs to keep his discipline he needs to stay fit which he's usually very very good at because he is vital and um, the defense at the minute Pep needs to sort something out there he needs to stop Fiddling with it, I think. You know, he's playing Guardiola he's playing Ake, playing a Kanji right back, he's playing a Kanji centre back. I think they need to settle, and I think John Stones potentially coming in and, 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 and having a run of games will help that. But they just need to, he needs to settle on a team, basically, because I think City. In their best spell last year, you could name the team. You knew who was going to play. Grealish had that great run where I think he played about 11 games in a row. From kind of Jan onwards, you know, the key periods of the season when these knockout games come around. People talk about Rodri being out, but I think selling Gundogan was a mistake. So, of course, I do think City will progress, but I don't think Copenhagen will make it easy for them in that first leg. And I wonder how Copenhagen feel because of all the teams they could have got. You know, Man City... It's kind of the best and the worst. They're obviously delighted to have drawn a big team and have a big team coming to Copenhagen. It'll be, you know, a historic night for them. But they've not been drawn the best hand, so to speak. But they probably thought that when they saw the groups. You know, if, if we look at the group stages, how many people would have said, oh, yeah, Copenhagen will go through easy when you've got Bayern Munich, Galatasaray, and Manchester United? That was a group of death. Yet here they are. So what is one more hurdle? Now, in terms of winning the Champions League, my pick is Bayern Munich. I think they've got a very, very complete squad, but I think it could be, depending on the draws, of course, um, a Bayern-Real final. They are the two strongest teams by far, and to be honest, in my mind, there is not much between it um, when I make that prediction, because Bayern, I just think with the firepower of Kane, the midfield is incredible. Real Madrid's midfield is absolutely 10 out of 10 as well. Um, And then defensively, they're both solid. So yeah, it's a toss up between those two. I think Arsenal, depending on the draw as well, if you you get a nice draw, then it can make things a lot easier for you because other big teams might knock each other out. If Bayern and Real are drawn against each other, every other team in the competition is absolutely buzzing with that because it just means one of them is going to be eliminated. Who would be my dark horse to, to maybe get to the semi final or the final? Um, Arsenal, but I don't know if that's if I can class that as a dark horse. Inter Milan got there last year, as I said. I think there has been a bit of a drop off. Barcelona potentially. I know I said Napoli will go through, but you know Barcelona when they do turn it on. They've got some really, really good and and exciting players there. And Xavi's obviously got experience himself. You know, we saw with Zidane how important that can be coming in. You know, he managed Castilla, the the Real Madrid B team. You know, you never necessarily manage in the Champions League, but it just shows, you know, if you know the competition um, and you know what it takes to win it, obviously Zidane and Shalotti both winning it as players as well. Just wanted to end by giving some well wishes to Tom Lockyer as well, the Luton captain. He is still in hospital at the moment after a... A cardiac arrest. He had a heart attack um, in the Luton game. I hope he can continue, but you, you you wouldn't blame him for for reassessing. You know what he does now going forward. Yeah. So well wishes to Tom Lockyer and uh, Luton, of course, and all the fans as well that were in the stadium. That is never anything that you you want to see. And um, I guess that a a good thing is that at all these grounds there is defibrillators, and for the Premier League games especially, Championship as well. That the doctors and physios that are there, they are absolute the best of the best. So, yeah, so it's something that I think players can be very um, grateful for as well. And, and anybody, you know, that has a, a medical emergency inside a stadium. Finally, Ivan Tony, he is back on the 17th of January following his uh, betting ban. Um, it was an eight-month suspension and uh, prior to the suspension, as this account is saying here on X, that he was in fantastic form on the brink of a big move. And now with the January transfer window just around the corner, who is going to pick him up? I think Brentford... Certainly, they they know that they're going to be fielding some bids, maybe 60, 70 million. I talked about this on a previous podcast. You know, they could do with a bit of a refresh. The form has dipped. If they can get that money and invest it really well, as they have a pretty good track record for, they make some smart signings. They could do some good business with that money, you feel. But what about Ivan Tony? I'm sure Chelsea are interested. I'm sure Liverpool are interested. I'm sure Manchester United are interested. And I'm sure Arsenal are interested. And I'm sure Newcastle are probably interested as well. Imagine that. Isak, Wilson and Ivan Tony, All absolutely clinical. Now for Ivan Tony, the Champions League might be a bit of a deciding factor. If he can move to Arsenal, be guaranteed game time as the main man, could he see... Arteta's plan through in terms of that push for a Premier League title, in terms of the push for a latter stage finish in the Champions League. I think Arsenal have got the ability to to win the Champions League, no doubt about that. If you add Ivan Tony into the mix, it's just how they perform against Bayern or Real. I just don't think we've seen that yet. Across two legs as well. The main thing as well for Arsenal is keeping everybody fit. If they lose Saliba, if they lose Declan Rice, if you're if you, without those two at the same time, I think they're a completely different team. So where will he end up? Leave a comment if you're watching this on YouTube. I think, as I said, I think there's going to be no shortage of bids for Brentford. It's just a case of where he wants to go. I think people have mentioned Liverpool. I think they've invested too much in Darwin Nunez, to be honest. What was he, £80 million? Are they going to go and splash out on Ivan Toney, who is... Premier League proven, don't get me wrong, if you put Ivan Toney in that Liverpool team, it brings a lot more out of players like Diaz. It brings more out of Salah. You know, Salah's still incredible, but it will bring more out of him because that's just what he does. You see in the impact of his absence at Brentford right now, they struggle to control games. They struggle to get the ball up the field. Wieser and and Wormo started the season really well. But Thomas Frank is asking an awful lot of those two players. And I think the system Brentford try and play without Ivan Tony, I think it's been found out a little bit, or teams are starting to see how it works and adapt to it, exploit it. Teams know they're going to use Ivan Tony, but he is such a good player. Sometimes he's unplayable. Sometimes he's, his hold-up play is just too good. He's too strong. He's too fast. And when he gets a chance, as I said before, he is very, very clinical. So for Ivan Tony, there's so many factors why you would move from Brentford in January. You've got the England team as well. Euros, uh, The Euros is coming up. He'll want to push for that because I think he was close to the England team. Um, just He was in sensational form, wasn't he, last year? He must have been close to the England team. And then all this happened. I think he was dropped from the England team when this first came out or he wasn't selected when he might have been. But if he makes a move to Arsenal, to Chelsea, and he can show some real form again in the second half of the season then i think he should be taken it's going to be interesting who that second striker is do you want someone that can play like harry kane or do you want someone completely different um like a wilson that can come in and do a different type of job if and when needed so that was this week's episode of that football stats podcast um as i always say if you've got time leave a review leave a comment if you're watching on youtube like subscribe all that you know stuff that i don't really like pushing, but you know, it, does, it just helps get more views and uh, more views means I can record more episodes. So as always, thank you.